There's nothing more important to Catholic parents than passing on the treasures of the Catholic faith to our kids. So it's a thrill to have educator and Catholic mom Amy Brooks with us today to share some simple methods for teaching the faith to your children. Stay with us. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today I'm excited to welcome Amy Brooks to talk about teaching the faith to your children. Amy Brooks is the author of Be Yourself, a Journal for Catholic Girls, and Be Yourself, a Journal for Catholic Boys. Amy has an MA in history and a BS in psychology, and before becoming an author, she taught at the secondary level in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia for 14 years. She taught a variety of subjects including church history, world history, introduction to psychology and others, and she always took the opportunity to make the Catholic faith relevant to her students. In fact, the faith was also relevant to Amy as an athlete, as a coach, and as a grad student. So she's now a Catholic speaker, a content creator, and business owner. She lives with her husband, Matt, and their three children in a suburb of Philadelphia. And you can find out more about Amy and her original resources at prayerwinechocolate.com, that's in the show notes, and catholicinfluencers.com. It's so nice to have you back, uh, well, to see you again, Amy. You haven't been on this program before, but welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. So good to see you. Yeah, thanks for coming. So it's great to see you again and reconnect. Yeah, we were just chatting. We ran into each other several years ago at a Women in the New Evangelization conference, and Amy had her books out, her journals for young people and everything. It was just beautiful. So uh, it's really great to have you, and we'll, we'll talk about those in just a bit. But if you could just kind of set the context for us, what's our basis as Catholics for understanding the family as the ideal place for religious education? Well, I mean, the family is just where we get our idea for how the world works and what to expect in life. I I think of mealtime, you know, as, when you're growing up, uh, if your family eats dinner in front of the TV or if your family eats dinner around a table, that's that's your uh, set, your set for what's normal. You know, this is your view of what's normal or what is expected in life. So, you know, just like mealtime, if your faith life is discussed, talked about, um, stressed as important, then you're setting the tone for your children and, and what they expect out of life as an adult. So our family is just where we learn what it means to be human, what it means to be a daughter of God, a daughter of your parents, a son of God, a son of your parents, and just a lot of what we take for granted, we learned in the family setting. So if we stress the importance of God and his law and his love and his mercy and his forgiveness, then we will go out in the world and think that those things are important. And if we never discuss them, then, you know, that's going to affect us at, when we leave the nest, so to speak. So, Yeah. Yeah, and I love Deuteronomy 6, I believe it is, where it says, 
teach your children as you rise and as you are walk by the way and all these things like it actually says something like drill these things into your children and it says and when they are old they will not depart from it there's a way of weaving together a foundation as you said their view of the world that happens so naturally that even for non-homeschoolers all you folks listening out there that are kind of curious about what we do or thinking about homeschooling that there's something that happens in the home that can't happen at school it's it's sacred it's primordial it's spiritual uh it's just lovely i, I love the the picture that you painted of just kind of the way that we live together and love together yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's so good so a lot of parents though get really nervous about teaching the faith you know like i grew up in a household where the faith was lived but it was not verbally taught i knew next to nothing and what was being taught in the parish was pretty watered down too and so a lot of parents come into raising children not knowing their faith very well and they're they're kind of nervous so what are some common misconceptions you would say that keep us from confidently passing the faith on to our kids and you know what would you advise so i would think some misconceptions are definitely that there's this idea in the world that holiness is a personality type <laughs> and, uh yeah so you know we i get the impression from different families that they think that if they don't have a fit into a certain personality type that they can't confidently uh, talk about faith because they're afraid of being a hypocrite or a fraud. And what what is great to maybe discuss more in our circles is that saints are so different in personalities. I, I heard a priest once talk about Padre Pio, and he knew Padre Pio personally. And he told the story that um, one time somebody asked Padre Pio if the stigmata hurt. And Padre Pio's response was, what do you think the good Lord gave him to me for decoration? You know, he was sarcastic, you know, so we, <laughs> we think of, you know, the veils and the, the piety, but saints were real people and they got annoyed with people. Like, I love to talk about St. Therese, the little flower how there was this one nun that was so torturously annoying and how she, <laughs> you know, said, okay, I, I I want to run away every time I see her, but is that what Jesus wants? What can I do to, to interact with this person who annoys me? You know, so I think that we need to talk about the humanity and the, the variety of personalities in saints. I think I remember Father Larry Richards talking about Pierre Giorgio and how he smoked a pipe you know, we don't picture, we, you know, and I think that we need to talk about that more so that people who are, you know, nervous about being confident. And another thing, my six-year-old this morning said, who was the first prophet to my husband? And we're both Googling it. You know, we don't know everything. And we have to be okay with that and say, well, but who, it's Abraham, by the way. <laughs> but neither of us knew that off the top of our heads and we have been educated in the faith for many years <laughs> and, yeah. the, and we, I just said to my husband what a great question he asked six-year-old mm. who's the first prophet you know so yeah so good you know it's okay to not know everything but and it's also important to stress that holiness is not a personality type we're all called to it even if we're sarcastic or <laughs> petulant or you know <laughs> no, I love that. Thank you so much. Because I think sometimes 
we and our children grow up with beautiful religious images. And you see like the image of Our Lady with her hands outstretched. And, and these pious plaster images are representing spiritual realities. They are not representing on the whole personalities. Uh, it, it's more about spiritual submission or, you know, uh, um, the eyes on God kind of an attitude. But those are interior dispositions. These people got their hands dirty working, you know, whether it was picking up lepers off the street like Mother Teresa did. And she could be very tough, by the way. I knew somebody in a parish in Brooklyn where we lived many years ago who worked in one of her hospices for AIDS patients long ago. And he finally got his chance to have a one-on-one -on -one interview with her, and he started whining about his troubles. And she pulled out, his, pulled his hand towards her, slapped him, slapped like, I, like how he described it. He may have been exaggerating, but placed this thing rather firmly, this blessed, miraculous medal in his hand, and said, "Give this to your wife and pray for her." And then, like, dismissed him because yeah. she didn't have time for whiners. She just didn't. And so mm -hmm. many of the saints have had really strong, driven personalities and all sorts of personalities, as you said. And I'd love, too, that you Googled something. Like, you could show your child that I may not always have the answers, but the answers are there to be found. And I may not even always know where to look for them, but they're there and we can seek them. So thank you for all of that. It was just so good. Um, yeah, so anything else you want to say about that? And then I'd love to hear some of your basic principles for us to kind of rest in or grow into for teaching our children the faith. No. Um, I, I honestly, I, I looked up the word principles this morning too. I was like, okay, yeah, it's so, yeah, exactly. What do we mean yeah. by this word? Right. 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 And I think that it, you know, it's funny. I was a teacher and we had a lot of in-services and a lot of them went, you mm -hmm. know, in one or the other. But one thing I remember is that never hesitate to plant the seed because especially my background in education is with older children. So there was kind of this, this envy or just admiration that w for first grade teachers, they could really see what they taught, you know, at the end of the year, a kid could not read and then they could read, you know. So in my experience, teaching 12, 13, 16, 18 year olds, we don't know. We can't measure it that way, but we were told to just plant the seeds, plant the seeds of faith. Because you never know what's going to grow five years, 10 years down the line. And I always found comfort in that. You know, we're planting seeds. We may not see the flower blossom, but that doesn't mean it's not going to. And that's not, that doesn't mean what we're doing isn't incredibly important. Yeah. And I also um, talk about, you know, the basic, the basis of leadership is the example that we set. You know, so our example is so important. And I'm really trying to instill that idea, that thought in my 11 year old now, you know, that the little kids look up to you. So if you're excited about something, they're going to get excited about something. If you're acting like it's stupid or not cool, they're going to pick up on that immediately and they're going to imitate that. So as parents, we set an example, you know, and I think that that's really important. And I think a lot of us, you know, might, I don't know who's um, listening to this podcast, but yes, we go to confession. Yes, we go to mass. But when we come home, are we forgiving? Are we 
trying working on our own patience and kindness or, or are we judgmental? We're setting an example there. And I think it's really important that we show that we are a constant work in progress. Are we striving towards sainthood? Are we recognizing when we stumble and fall? And they need to see that too, you know. We yeah, need- I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that because it allows them to be human too. We're not, and they see the integration of your faith, that you're learning it, that you're walking it out, that you're having access to the sacraments. And yes, most of our audience is Catholic and and many very devout in their sacramental lives. So they know this, but it's always good to hear that what they are doing is setting a powerful example. It's also bringing graces into the home. Um, but But it's really good to let them see you know, not us at our worst all the time by any means. Of course, we want to be always trying to be at our best for our kids, but to see what we do when we fail and how we keep going because of the mercy of God and 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 the room that that makes for them to be able to forgive themselves and each other. Yes. And hopefully forgive us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering when Teresa was little, like, what's she going to say to her psychiatrist someday? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's real. It's real. You know, it, it really is real. So, what else do we need to think about? We want to stay humble. We want to be learners. We want to be set good examples. What are some of the the kind of typical teachable moments or opportunities that you see in family life? Um, are there any special ones for you that you kind of celebrate or make note of in an intentional way in your family? Yes. I mean, children are, you know, such sponges and they're learning through play and it's so wonderful. You know, when I started blogging, I came into contact with so many things out there um, that are just ideal for children today. You know, we have, we're surrounded by books, you know, that um, like last night, my two six-year-olds, they one is sounding things out. One cannot read it all. <laughs> so I am embracing this time where they love me reading to them. Yes. So they went to pick books and we have so many books that are faith-based. So one came back as a little like baby Bible and they wanted me to read these pages. And the other one came over with the saint book or actually it's God's superheroes. It's an OSV book, nice. um, which I really enjoy learning and reading. So, uh, you know, first we read, you know, my daughter's like, read mine first, you know, and it was a a lot about prophets. That's probably where that question came from Mm -hmm. this morning was Elijah the prophet and then Elisha the prophet. And um, then we started reading, you know, okay, you can pick a couple saints. We're not reading this whole book. (laughs) And they pick St. Michael. And even I was just so interested in, you know, the different... um, I don't know, they're monasteries or churches and how they put, you put them on the map and they're equidistant from each other. And if you trace them, it looks like the sword of St. Michael and how they oh were built goodness. upon um, old pagan temples. But now, and it symbolizes how Michael fights for God and now they're dedicated Christian um, yeah. houses of worship or monasteries. You know, we never stop learning. And if mm. it fascinates us, they, they see they see our interest and our attention being sparked. And 
as a, as an educator, that's so important. It's so important to get excited about what you're teaching about. If you're authentically and genuinely interested, then that's going to make a greater impression and just yeah. be an overall better experience for everyone. Yeah, I love that. And I and I remember when I was first teaching the faith in my parish, my daughter was the age of your twins. She was six years old. It was first grade catechism, and I got roped into it. I wasn't asking to help out at the parish, believe me. Uh, I was much too involved in my own things. But when I went in there and started to teach them, it was just this remarkable experience of I had to learn in order to teach. And I, and just experiencing them and all their myriad of remarkable questions really helped to ignite my own curiosity. Seeing the world through children's eyes can give us such a fresh appreciation for everything from the natural world to just what it is to be a child and to think of ourselves as children of God. So, um, just w would love to know, like, and we all come from somewhere and we all had religious upbringing. What has surprised you as a parent about passing on the faith? to your children? Um, hmm. So I just, I just love that I am in a world where we can take out a puzzle and it's a same puzzle, you know, and, and they love that. And, um, you know, I, because of what I do, I get these things like saintly heart has these letters and these, you know, you put the letter next to the saint and then you connect the alphabet and I just love seeing my children enjoy these things. Um, you know, we have access right now in the present moment, things my parents never had access to, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. and my son, there's something called Voyage Comics. I love Voyage Comics. Uh, they mm -hmm. have a comic book about Blessed Carlo and they have a whole series it's called Finian the Finian series based on all of those places that are dedicated to St. Michael that form that sword on the map. So it's fantasy, but it's based on faith. And uh, they have, oh my goodness, they have like Catholic superheroes. It's, it's just so great. And um, myself, I was never a big reader, but luckily my son likes to read. And then what is really popular right now are the graphic novels. So having these like voyage comics that are set up that way, um, you know, that's what they, they gravitate to, but this is a, a Catholic faith filled, incredibly well done artwork in it, you know, to have these things to, to hand to him and they're not corny. They're not cheesy, you know, and, um, yeah, he, he really, really enjoys them. So I just feel like, you know, it's funny. I took my children to um, somewhere on the 4th of July. It was a colonial home and they were reading the Declaration of Independence. And I told my parents, I was like, oh, why don't you come and meet us there? You know, and uh, my dad was like, well, that's what they go to school for. They learn in school, you know, like they, they we come from a different um you know, he grew up in Philadelphia. There was a really solid school system there that was Catholic school system. St. John Newman started it. You know, we're really, we're blessed, but, you know, we don't realize how he, he you know, uh, to me, I'm like, well, I enjoy teaching them and I enjoy learning with them. But he comes from a generation where that was separate, at least in 
in the environment, the urban environment that he grew up in. So, um, you know, I'm not going to correct him. I mean, he's 70 years old, but you know, <laughs> I just like, I just love this. You know, we're all mm-hmm. learning and we're all experiencing it together. You know, so I just think that's interesting that that his generation or whatever environment that he grew up in separated it. And, but he doesn't realize, you know, he learned the faith from his own mother and he passed it down to us. So we mm-hmm. teach without knowingly educating, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I love that idea of just kind of journeying together to learn together mm-hmm. and to even step into a, another time when everybody believed in God and we can talk about the differences in culture and all of that, such rich opportunities to share growth and and kind of a pilgrimage even together. We're going to take a short break to hear from our wonderful sponsors at Homeschool Connections. We are here with Amy Brooks talking about teaching the faith to your children. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. All right. We are back with Amy Brooks talking about teaching the faith to your children. Um, Let's just dip back into a little bit of this modeling the faith in our homes. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on there, Amy? Yes. I So I remember growing up, my family in our dining room, we had a picture of Jesus with his sacred heart. And I, that was just such a good thing to have in our home. And um it's funny. One, at one point, my brother, every time he walked by it, he was like blessing himself. Aww. You know, so I don't know what was going on there, but something was going on. My dad said he must hear a lot of sirens, but we did live in the city. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, he, it, was, it was provoked or in, inspired by that image. Mm. And um, behind us, we have, we got these from the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. You know, you. I think they will give them to f- you for free, but we, we gave the suggested donation of $40 and they sent us these things. And I don't remember our family enthroning in a formal way, yeah. but it came with prayers to nice. enthrone our home. And um, I just thought, you know, as I look back on my own childhood, we had that image. And then eventually we started praying um, after our grace before meals, we prayed this most sacred heart of Jesus prayer almost every night as a family. So wow. we created this prayer space in our dining room. We have a really small home. So, you know, um, just having this image here is, and, and this space where I make sure it's not cluttered, this like one space in our house that's not <laughs> cluttered. And when there is clutter, I, I'm quick to remove it. And I remember when I set it up, it was a couple years ago and I was all done. I watched my son like go and sit by it with a, with a journal or some kind of holy book. And I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> I was almost wow. like, God was like, God was like winking at me. Like you did the Ooh. right thing, you know, cause oh. it was, it, yeah, it was amazing. So just hmm. having those, those images and holy spaces, 
are are so significant. And I think as moms and as wives, we kind of wonder, you know, all the things that we do, does it even matter? And God is like, yes, it does. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. does matter. Yeah. And sometimes we need to ask for that encouragement. Sometimes if we've been working really hard and we're not seeing fruits, we might just say, Lord, I need a little encouragement. And maybe we'll see something like that. Sometimes when I'm talking with somebody that I love who's left the church or whatever, I'll just say, Lord, show me what you're doing in this person. And they'll say something or respond to something in a way that's unexpectedly beautiful or sweet or absolutely a sign of grace working. And so, yeah, I I love that you pointed that out, that God gave you that little God wink, you know, inspired your son to take that action before your eyes. Yeah, yeah. And I just look at, um, you know, these things that we do, that we commit ourselves to, like just praying grace before meals is such, it has such an impact on us as um, as we grow up and we start our own families. And, you know, if that was something that we consistently did in our homes as children, we will take that with us, I think. And, um, but there also comes a time where we're in our own home where we have to make a decision. Like, is this going to be something that we do? Is this important? You know, are we going to pray before we eat? Are we going to get together at least one meal a day and, and say grace before meals? Yeah. And we kind of have to say, this is going to be what we do. And then when other people come into our home or when we, uh, celebrate a holiday out of our home, are we going to speak up and say, we, let, let's pray, you know, let's pray before we eat. We, let's come together in prayer. And I think that's really important. And then my dad, um, not my dad, my husband was um, blessing one of our children with holy water in church once. And a priest saw him do that. And he stopped and said, you know, as a parent, you have the authority to bless your children. And that is like a big deal. Like we don't really have, you know, priests have the authority to bless the people in front of them, but a parent blessing their child is an authority that is given by God. And that conversation really impacted my husband. And now before all three of our children go to bed at night, he gives them a blessing. And I think he was empowered by that conversation. So, and, and so I encourage, you know, my husband and I have talked about that. He shared that conversation. I watch him bless our children and I encourage other parents to do that at night, you know, before they go to bed. And I can say what my husband says. He, he just puts a sign of the cross on their head. Is that God bless and protect my son. Keep him good, safe, and holy. Mm. Protect him from all evil. And that's like it. That that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not long, but it's meaningful. Mm-hmm. And um, even I think my oldest will say, "Can that? Can you send that in oh. to get a thing?" You know, and oh, he's like eleven. Yeah. Yeah. And we can bless them from afar even. I know that my daughter's in her 20s now, and I may not have exactly the same authority over her as an adult. I'm not really sure about that, but I know that I always blessed her as a child, and Charlie did too. And um, I I will pray for her at a distance. I kind of know the direction of where her job is, and I may just stop to pray over her and over her environment because I know that that's part of my role. That's, you know, we're helping to shepherd them along. And our prayers matter. The prayers of parents are really sacred to God. 
Yes. Yes. Our prayers are very powerful. So um, it is nice though, when God gives us that little like peak, <laughs> like <laughs> yes. you know, they do matter. They are powerful, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I wear a miraculous medal and um, I always had one on my keychain. And then when I wrote about wearing the miraculous medal for my blog, because I went to the miraculous metal shrine and I wanted to do this gift guide because they had a gift shop and the president of the central miraculous metal association said, well, you're only going to write one blog post. And he really motivated me to really just write a blog post about the miraculous metal. And in my research, I learned that God promises. Mary said, we will get more graces if we wear it around our neck. And for years I had, gone to this miraculous metal shrine and had, and I'm like, wow, what am I doing? I'm wearing one around my neck. And from mm-hmm. that point on, I wear one and we get these special graces. So, mm-hmm. and I, I really do think ever since I started wearing this, I've kind of like seen God's hand in my life a little bit more clearly. Mm-hmm. So, Wow, that's beautiful. I love to hear that. Our Lady is such a good mother. And this idea of spiritual sight, that as we mature, we do see more and more. It's like uh, our sight's just improving over time. And, and there's, some, there's a saying where people will say seeing is believing, but actually the spiritual reality is that believing is seeing, that it takes that act of faith. And sometimes that's wearing a blessed sacramental that helps us to be more disposed to receiving graces. Because those blessed sacramentals, in, by the way, grace at meals, for those of you who haven't read up on this, is also a sacramental of the church. Uh, blessed objects, you know, like prayer cards and medals and things like that, a scapular. These things all help us to enter into the prayers of the church, the graces that are, you know, called down from heaven by the prayers of the church. So it's, it is significant. They're not magic objects or lucky charms. You know, people will sometimes mock Catholics in that way. That's not what it is. It's, it's like you're holding Our Lady's hand. It's very personal and relational, and it has to do with grace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so good. So, so you, do you mind if I just ask you um, any more favorite resources you'd like to share? And I'd also really like you to um, tell us about the journals that you created for children. But, but let's hear what you recommend uh, for sparking this kind of learning and richness in the home with our kids. Yes. So I really invite everyone listening and watching to go to catholicinfluencers.com. It is a website that I own, but it is really a community of Catholic creators and authors. And um, so if you go there, we actually do give a free gift catalog and it is separated by age, like, you know, babies to age two ages three to five, preschool years, um, young children, tweens and preteens, and then it even goes into women and, and men and priests. And and you can get that catalog for free. And it's over 30 Catholic creators or Catholic businesses and authors all came, came together from our community and put that together last year. So you can get that for free. It's a great resource to have. And um, as a parent, as a godparent, I really love that there are all of these incredible choices that I can send my goddaughter, send my godson, give to my children so that they can play mass 
you know, get them, get them a play mask kit. The boys love that. They love their mask kits. And that's so beautiful, like to see them, mom, and they're turning on church music using YouTube or, or the wow. TV, you know, and to play the, the entrance hymn and they're making the cross <laughs> to carry and they're, that's you amazing. know, allow them to, to really have these. I mean, we all have toys in our house and we have young kids. We might as well have these toys that, um, you know, my daughter has always loved playing with wooden blocks. Well, we add to the wooden blocks, the saint blocks, you know, saintly heart. But all of these people, whether they're creating toys or writing books for children, um, we have so many of them in our community. So we just started this new website. We we um, have a search bar now. So you can look, you know, toys, and then all the people that make Catholic toys will come up. And we actually have like a shortcut. We have um, a shop page that has 12 Catholic shops. And then plus we have that free catalog right there. And we have a we have a um, Facebook page. It's called Catholic Shopping Bag. And you can follow Catholic Shopping Bag. And we share different things there every day. I mean, I was listening to a podcast, Gotta, Brendan Gotta, Gotta Be Saints. And he was interviewing Kendra. Is that Kendra from Catholic All Year? And she was like, we live in a golden age right now of Catholic resources. And I just couldn't agree with her more. There really is so many things out there that you can give. And I love giving them to my godchildren because if their parents aren't very devout or practicing, it's like, well, this is a really cute bib that has grace before meals written on it. (laughs) Reminding their parents, you know, look. What does this say? Oh, should we should pray this? You know, <laughs> like a gentle nudge for the adults. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend coming to CatholicInfluencers.com and and perusing the website and just seeing how God works so differently with so many different people. You'll find something that matches your personality or what your family is going through, and and I mean, just even home decor is so different from granny <laughs> from mm. grandma's house. There are some really lovely modern ways to decorate your home and invite the, and, and have the faith displayed. So wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. So tell us a little about your journals before we start to wrap up. So I wrote a journal for girls first. It was called the titles be yourself, a Catholic journal for it's a journal for Catholic girls but anyway it's called be yourself and the reason why it's called be yourself is because when I was in like the middle school age you know that adolescence where your body's changing and your your friends become so important and your peers approval is really sought and and you know hoped for I like didn't fit in at all with these girls that I wanted to fit in with. I loved soccer. All these great girls were on the soccer team. And I just thought we had a lot in common, but I didn't really gel with them. And I felt left out. And what we know as an adult is that everybody kind of feels left out at that age in some capacity. Mm, But I just really felt alone. And I went to my mom and I was like, I don't understand why these girls don't like me. And she said, just be yourself. And she walked away. But I'm the oldest of five. She probably had a baby on her hip, another kid calling her for something. And I was just, she walked away and I thought, I don't know what that means. Mm. (laughs) I don't know who that is. How do I know who I am? 
you know? So this journal is what I needed, you know, the saintly advice that I needed. And uh, it's also combined with, when I was in seventh grade, we loved to like pass around these books where we wrote down our favorite TV shows, our favorite actors, our favorite songs and, and things like that. So it incorporates those fun things that a 12 year old likes, but it also has saintly advice. So the, mm. there's like six or seven, God, this is terrible. This is my book. <laughs> like <there's> saint <laughs> letters from the saints that give advice, Aww. you know, the advice that I needed. And um, I had the idea for the book years ago and I just wrote it in the back of my journal. But at the time I was teaching and, you know, we don't have any time. It was just an idea. But then when I started blogging, I met a publisher and I thought, well, let me pitch this book. And Jerry Winley Doust, he owned a small publishing house at the time. So it was first published with him, but then he sold his business to our Sunday visitor. So they're the current publisher. But the Saints pages are letters to these girls. And it's just like, let me tell you what you should worry about and what you shouldn't worry about. And it's great that you're exploring these activities and talents, but when they start to stress you out, that's not good. You are God's daughter and that's that's who you are. So don't really identify yourself too much as a musician or an athlete. Yes, you might have these talents, but they don't define you. You know, when they start stressing you out, that's not what God wants. He wants them to give you these things so you can serve him in a unique way, joyfully. Mm. But when they start stressing you out, you need to look at Jesus and say, help, and let him help you. Mm. You know, that's St. Catherine of Siena's lesson. But then like Mother Teresa said, serve, serve people one at a time. Don't worry about numbers. Start with the person closest to you. And I thought that was the greatest advice. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. So, yeah. So we tend to be very anxious and stressed. And this book will allow girls to get to know their themselves as a unique individual, as someone who's unique and unrepeatable, but um, in a way that God sees them so they can celebrate where they are in this moment, you know, of adolescence. Mm-hmm. And in and find happy things, you know, find joyful things, but also get the solid advice that they might need at this time. Mm, okay. And there's also one that's crafted a- especially for boys. Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So we'll have uh, links to those so that people can find them. Oh, that's pretty. For those of you watching yeah. on YouTube, just saw some very pretty artwork there being held up on the Be Yourself Journal. Uh, one for girls, one for boys. So nice. Journal for Catholic Boys, Journal for Catholic Girls. Excellent. We'll get a few more links in the show notes for you folks because we've mentioned a lot of resources. Um, What would you like to take us out with, Amy? Um, There's so many options and our families are have all, as you mentioned, our kids can be stressed even when it looks like everything's okay on the outside. Um, what, What thoughts are kind of lingering for you as we start to wrap up? I would say try to find an adoration chapel and make it a point to go there with your children. And um, I think what held me back at one point, I I thought if I went, I had to go for an hour. It's better to go for 15 minutes than not go at all. So if you can go for an hour, good. 
but don't not go because you can't go for an hour and, and bring your children because God speaks in the silence and there is no silence in our world. The, the phones, the, 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 just the, the age that we live in is so convenient and fast. And we have all these things. We have a lot of noise at our fingertips and a lot of things trying to take our attention away from God. So I find adoration chapels are such a gift because they're a place where it's normal to not be looking at your phone. It's normal to kneel or sit in silence. And we have to nourish and cultivate and teach the importance of silence so that we can hear God's voice. So that's Mm -hmm. what I say is something that is important. And it's not something that we're teaching in the home. It's just something where we're saying, okay, we have to trust God and we have to bring them to God. And we have to trust that in the silence, if they learn to listen to that, that God will teach them and say things to them that we don't know they need to hear, but he knows mm. they need to hear. Well, I love that. That's such a, um, so wise. We, we do what we can. We stay transparent and humble with our kids. We keep persevering, but ultimately we surrender it to him because there is so much about their walk with him that's unknown to us, the hidden work of the Holy Spirit, as we like to say, uh, where God is moving. And we're continually entering into what God is doing in our children's lives as we interact and love them and pray for them and all of that. Everybody, we're talking with Amy Brooks. She's at prayerwinechocolate.com and catholicinfluencers.com. Amy, thank you so much. This has been rich. It's been reassuring too. I love the simplicity, even in the midst of the abundance of resources, that we can all kind of relax. We want to be intentional, but we can be real with our kids. We don't have to be plaster saints to be able to pull it off. In fact, that wouldn't even be <laughs> recommended. That's art. That's not life. Um, so yeah, thank you, Amy, so much. It's been a joy to have you with us today. Thank you. I really enjoyed being here. And I'm so thankful that I had this opportunity to talk to you and and, and to uh, hopefully share some things that help others. Yeah, we'd love to have you back again sometime, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We are praying for you. Please pray for us too. God bless you and have a beautiful day in the Lord. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.